a little, just a little bit about um, prophecy, and then we'll do. Um, we've missed one exercise. We'll make sure we do the next exercise. I think it's. Is it? Or are we supposed to be at time? We're supposed to be at time up. When, when do we do our? Is it? Eleven forty-five. Done at noon. So okay, I'll I'll try and maybe do about fifteen minutes on prophecy, and then we'll go on. Just one other thing. Um, could we just show the very last slide on that on that thing? Just. I just wanted to say this. As we persevere, I, did, I forgot to say this earlier, um, we could just go through it all. Yeah, that's great. So how do we persevere? Jesus said, in the, in the NIV it says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. Actually, if you look at the Greek, it says, keep on asking. It's continuous t- tense. Keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll, and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And... Um, what I'd say is, if you know that God's calling you to get some breakthrough in this area, and you're going to persevere, my, my tip would be, do all three, not just one of them. So asking is, in your own prayer closet, or whatever it is, you know, in your bedroom, when you're praying, on your own, in, in your devotions, Lord, I'd really like to see some breakthrough in the area of healing. I'd like, you know, praying for people, emotional healing, physical healing, I'd like to see it, ask. Seek would be, you know, just the kind of thing we're just talking about, um, seeking out some resources, finding some people that are ahead of you in this area. For me, um, when I was seeking this stuff, um, I actually went and sat at the feet of some people that I would not send my people to. You know, there were some some of the charismatics. That, honestly, I didn't want my church going there because there was all sorts of dysfunctional theology going on as well, which I didn't want to have to, you know, fight the fires. But if I'm honest, that on one side, these people are ahead of me in these things. And so I'm going to sit at their feet and humble myself and learn from them. And so, you know, um, finding finding people who basically have seen more breakthrough than we have and, and just learning from them, you know, so and you're reading the books and you're whatever, watching the videos or whatever it is, but seeking. So you're beginning to try and immerse yourself in an environment where you can learn these things. And then knock is the active one, isn't it? Keep on knocking. So that would be, I'm going to regularly pray for people for healing whenever I can. And, and when I've prayed for them, I'm actually going to ask them how they're doing and I'm just gonna, and so I think that process of asking, seeking, knocking. Often when we persevere, we just ask, but I think there's something about the seeking and the knocking that's really important as well. So that just be a little tip in terms of if we're trying to, and that doesn't doesn't just apply to healing. That's anything that we're persevering in, isn't it? If you're persevering in something, you probably need to do all three rather than just one of those things. Okay, so um, with the prophecy stuff, I'll just briefly tell you what happened for us. So I told you the story that with the healing of, where, of the journey we went on with the prophecy it was more of a personal journey for me um, and um, it started I told you yesterday with that guy at college who basically said he could hear God and I just thought he was crazy and I threw out all the normal kind of um, cliches you know no one has a hotline to God and blah 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 I said all that stuff at him problem was he heard some things that he couldn't have known so that kind of got me on that journey and I basically was saying Lord if you do speak today I'd like to hear you more clearly and um, I was led to passages like John 10, where Jesus say, said, the sheep hear the good shepherd's voice. And I began to realize that the Bible's quite clear that we do hear God. Um, again, the issue for me was that we're talking about the spiritual realm, not the physical realm, aren't, aren't we? So I was expecting, you know, I know how to hear with my ears, but how do you hear with your heart? That's the question. Your heart, you know, the spiritual center of you, which we use the metaphor of the heart that 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 center of you that's where the holy spirit is and that's where he speaks to you isn't it and so 
over the years, I've learned to to increase in my sensitivity to hearing the Lord. And um, now my experience is one where I hear the Lord often about things. I'm never sure. I, I know people who do have a lot of certainty. I never have had. But, I mean, here's an example from Thursday. So this week, I, I'd been in um, Greenville, South Carolina, flying back to Fort Wayne. And I sat next to what I assumed was a couple, a uh, man and woman on the plane, um, probably about 10 years older than me, kind of mid-50s. And um, and as I sat down and I, I looked at them, this thought went through my head. It was this. It was Jesus saying, I am preparing a place for them. I'm preparing a home for them. Um, talking about heaven, you know, when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for them. And the person that they've just lost is with me and is helping me to prepare the place for them. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me, Lord. I can't say that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what if it's wrong, you know? And the thing is, if I heard it as an audible voice, great, but I didn't. It was just like a thought that went through my head. I'm like, who knows? So I thought, I'm not, sorry, Lord, I'm not saying that. So, um, <laughs> so I'm reading my book. It's a long flight, and the conviction is growing throughout the whole flight. Uh, you know, sometimes these things, if you ignore them, go away, but this didn't go away. And it actually became an obedience issue. You know, it's, the prompt, it's prompting, isn't it? We all know, don't we? At one, in one way or another, all of us, if we've got the Holy Spirit living in us, which everyone in this room has, we all know what it is to be prompted. Yeah? And um, in a way, when we talk about hearing God's voice, at one level, we're just talking about prompting, aren't we? That's what it is. And sometimes I think the language is unhelpful. Like the, the, the language with my friend when he said, God spoke to me and said this or that. Uh, I, have you noticed, even um, yesterday and today, when I say... Um, God said something to me, I explain what I mean. This thought went through my head or whatever. The reason I do that is because if you just say God spoke to me, what do people think you're talking about? It's like it's unhelpful, you know? Because it's, it's, it's a more subtle thing than that, isn't it? It's this interaction with the Holy Spirit where he prompts you, he convicts you, he pushes you something. Sometimes a scripture might go through your mind. And what we're talking about really is we're learning to tune into that, aren't we? The sheep hear the shepherd's voice, you hear the shepherd's voice. All of us hear God probably in slightly different ways, we're all different. But anyway... The, it got to the point where the plane was landing and I still hadn't said anything. I thought, I've got to do this. So I, I, just, I just said, um, excuse me, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I get these impressions in my mind that over the years I've learned might be from God. It might not be. I felt like maybe he gave me something to say to you. Do you mind if I share it with you? Can you see, it's, it's respectful. You're asking permission. I'm not imposing it on them. Well, the first encouraging thing that happened was the woman said, she, she smiled and she said, well, we both believe in the Lord. We both know the Lord. So, yeah, sure. So I thought, well, that's good. So I said, well, this is it's weird, and I, I don't want to put this on you. It might not be right. But um, the thought that just came to mind was, I just remembered the scripture where the Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I felt like that was applied to you guys and that he's, he's preparing a place for you for when you finally you know, pass from this life and go home. But the other thing I felt was, he said, there's, that maybe, and forgive me if this is wrong, but maybe um, there's somebody that you've just lost. And I felt like he said they're with him right now and they're helping him to prepare the place for you. Well, she burst into tears. They weren't a couple, they were brother and sister. They'd, they'd lived with their mum through their adult life. She'd just died and they decided they were going to go on a kind of retreat time to, to just kind of deal with their grief. Can you imagine? So that ended up encouraging me, it encouraged them. They know that the Lord's with them. I mean, isn't that powerful? You know, and easily, you know, 
it, I almost missed that because I was too because basically I'm more worried about what I look like than whether the Lord, you know. So, so um, now that that is an experience of where I am now. It's taken me about thirty years to get there, or twenty-five years to get there, um, and um, it's been a journey again. I think of learning humility, learning basically that us being embarrassed is less important than whether God can use us to say something. You know, we have to be prepared to get it wrong. And it's really important that we share stuff in a way that means if we do get it wrong, we're not controlling people or screwing up people's lives. It's it's a big deal to say that maybe God might have said something to you, isn't it? Um, So some of the things we do is we always say, we always use might and maybe, because then that means you're giving room for the other person to weigh, whether it's from God or not, rather than you're just imposing it. Um, Again, you know, some of the worst traditions where you get the thus saith the Lord thing. I mean, complete nightmare. Because basically that just turns into somebody sharing their whatever chip they've got on their shoulder and you saying it in a way that means you can't argue with them. You know, I don't think that's godly. And that's not what the way that... It's not the New Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, prophets um, spoke with absolute certainty. The Lord spoke to them. What they spoke was scripture. And um, there was only one response, and that's that you obey them. And um, if they got it wrong, you stone them to death. That's the Old Testament, yeah? I'm glad we're not in that era anymore. The New Testament, all of God's people, the sheep, hear the shepherd's voice, but you have to discern what it is, and you share with others, other believers, and then they weigh whether it's from the Lord or not. Yeah? It's a very different approach, isn't it? And what we found is that if you do that, what it does is it puts safeguards in and gives us a safe environment where we can begin to learn to tune into the conviction and the, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit a little bit more. And um, uh, my experience would be different ways people hear God. Some people get pictures or um, scriptures go through their mind, those sorts of things. Other people, um, like my wife, um, always thought she couldn't hear God because she, she knew that that happened with me. It never happened with her. And then one time, one time we got this worship leader from the UK, quite well-known worship leader who stayed with us. And um, at the end he prayed for us and he said, I think I've had this thing from the Lord for you. He said, um, he said Ellie, you think you can't hear God? But um, I felt like maybe he was saying you can hear him. It's just you don't hear him through pictures and scriptures like Paul. You hear him through a gut instinct. And she realized that she often had had this gut instinct in different situations. And she'd learned over the years that it was reliable. But she'd never connected that with the fact that God might actually be prompting her. Does that make sense? So I think one of the things with it is um, we have to recognize we're all quite different and we might hear God in different ways. I know one guy who is a friend of mine who leads um, uh, Youth for Christ in a particular city in, in the UK. And um, uh, it's almost like something out of, um, um, out of uh, oh, what's the name? That, what's that Jim Carrey movie about where he becomes he, Bruce Almighty? It's almost something out of Bruce Almighty. He, um, he, he felt that God spoke to him through circumstances. He was praying. He had two old school friends that had reconnected with him. This guy's a massive evangelist, and he's also very busy. And he was praying about them, and he's saying, Lord, I can't give the time to building that relationship with them unless I know it's going to be fruitful. And one guy's called Ben, and one guy's called Rich. And he's like, do I invest in both of them? Do I just invest in one of them? What do I do, God? So he's praying this in the car. And as he did, two trucks overtook him on the two lanes each side of him. And one of them, on the kind of graphic on the back of the truck, had Rich. And the other one on the license plate had Ben. And he's like, you're kidding, you've got to be kidding me. He's looking at this, he's like, is this you, Lord? Is this you, Lord? So he thought, well, well I'll just try it. And this, you know, it may not have been the Lord, but he, he said, um, he said, um, all right, well, does, are you saying that they're supposed to both be with me, Lord? I mean, they're both, both these trucks are driving alongside me. 
Are they supposed to both be with me? And he prayed it. As soon as he prayed it, the one with Rich written on it dropped back behind him and the one with Ben stayed there. So now he didn't just take that. He talked to some other people. He got, got with, But basically he stayed with Ben and Ben ended up becoming a Christian. Isn't that interesting? So I mean, sometimes God can maybe communicate with us out of the box. But you know, the guidance that came through the life of Elijah was the you know, the, the fire and the wind and the storm and all that. And then there's a still small voice. One of the biggest things I think about learning to tune into the voice of God is learning to tune out the other voices. You know, the world, the flesh and the devil. And all three of those have got quite loud voices in our minds. And it's actually a journey to holiness anyway, to learn to stop listening to those. But for example, if you grew up with parents that basically told you that you were no good and that you were useless and that you weren't worth anything, yeah, you're going to have filters in your mind God can tell you 50 times a day that he loves you, he delights in you, he sings over you, he thinks you're awesome, and you're never going to hear it once. Yeah? Because there's a filter there. And so part of the journey of tuning into hearing the Lord, I think, is learning to remove the voices. It's a journey of healing where we're learning to remove the voices that drown out the, the still small voice. And we're learning to go in. And the other part of it is repent and believe, metanoia, pisteo. The other part of it is that we step out. Yeah? And uh, we step out in faith. And we can be confident about hearing the Lord if we know Scripture well. Because if you know Scripture well, then that's the yardstick. That's, that's the only, you never know whether something that you think God said to you is 100% is from the Lord or not, but you know that Scripture is. So what you do is if you know Scripture well, it gives you this kind of protective environment within which you can check whether something's from God. So it's like, I don't know whether God specifically said that to me or not, whether that was a rhema word, but I do know it's in Scripture anyway, so we're good as a basic principle, you know? And, and so you know scripture well and you step out. And in order to step out, you have to get to the point where you're so wholehearted about obeying God that you're like, you know, when I'm half-hearted, I'd say this might be from God, it might not be from God, so I'm not going to say it in case it isn't from God. Yeah. When I'm wholehearted, I say, as long as it's scriptural, I say, I don't know whether this is from God or not, but if, but if it is from God, I can't risk missing it, so I'm going to say it anyway, even if I look stupid. And what I found is that when people begin to take that approach, they begin to really grow in, in hearing the Lord. And we've gone on a journey um, over the years. We got to the point where we do a thing sometimes in our church in Sheffield. Um, we did a thing called uh, treasure hunting. It's really a way of teaching people this stuff. It's just fun. It's just a fun little game, really. And what they'd do is they'd sit around on tables like this in groups of three or four and we, at the church, and we'd say, all right, Lord, give us some clues um, to find somebody that we can go and bless. And people would pray and there was this one time there's this woman called Irene she'd never done it before she's in her mid-50s she's never led anyone to the Lord she's timid and um, she got persuaded to do this thing against her better judgment and uh, as they prayed she said well I've got this thing that came to mind which is um, Marks and Spencer's that's a store um, in the UK a department store and it was down in, in the, you know downtown she said I've got something about Marks and Spencer's so they wrote it down on a piece of paper Marks and Spencer's and then they're praying a bit more, and she, they, she said, oh, I've got something else. So, well, go on, go on, Irene, what is it? And she said, um, well, I just keep getting the name Joan going through my head. Okay. And then someone else at the table said, well, I've got this thing about shoulder-length brown hair. So they wrote that down. Someone got like a brown jacket and a blue skirt. So they wrote all that down. thought, well, that might all be about the same person, or it might be, it might not be. Or it might be nonsense. It might not be from the Lord. It's okay. We're just trying to press into hearing the Lord. So they got in a car, went downtown to Marks and Spencer's. Marks and Spencer's, there was a woman. Oh, oh, they got two other things. Someone got something about a broken relationship and something about a baby. 
That was it. They didn't know what, but they'd written down broken relationship, baby. So they went to Marks and Spencer's, and there's a woman leaning against the front of the store with shoulder-length brown hair, brown jacket, blue skirt. So like, whoa, you know. And uh, by the way, we, uh, we've had different teams doing this thing lots of times. There's lots of stuff that didn't work very well. This is the best story, so just to be honest with you, okay? <laughs> yeah? But um, so I, I, the others are saying to Aaron, you've got most of the words. You should go up and talk to her. She's like, I can't talk to her. No, go on, go on. They're kind of pushing her. So she goes over. She goes, excuse me, is your name Joan? And Joan says, yes, it is. Do I know you? So Irene's heart's like, you know. So she says, well, you don't know us, but I'm from a church, and we were praying that God would show us somebody that he wants to help and talk to. And um, I think it might be you. And at this point, Joan, who's completely secular, I mean, she's not, you know, she's like, who is this crazy woman? So she's like, why would you think that? And she said, well, look, this is what we wrote down on a piece of paper that we felt God showed us. And Joan looks at it. She says, well, that's me. And Irene said, yeah, I know. And Joan says, well, is there anything else that God told you, that God told you to say? And she said, well, we don't know, but there was something about a broken relationship and something about a baby. Does that mean anything to you? Well, Joan starts crying. She says, my boyfriend has got me pregnant and now he's left me. I'm waiting here to meet my mum. We're going to go to the abortion clinic. So, So Irene says, well... Joan, I know that God sent us to you because he loves you. Do you think maybe he doesn't want you to do that? And Joan says, I think you might be right. Anyway, so she's, Joan's crying, Irene's crying, and Irene leads Joan to the Lord. It's the first time she's ever led anybody to the Lord. And while they're crying together, Joan's mum turns up to come and pick, collect her. And Joan says, Mum, God sent these people to me. And her mum says, What are you talking about? <laughs> And she explained, and her mum said, I knew it, I knew it. I've been praying, if you're real God, you've got to stop this. I knew that this wasn't right. Um, And I've been praying, you've got to help us, God. So Irene leads Joan's mum to the Lord. And they both now go to the church. Isn't that astonishing? Yeah, Just because a bunch of people were prepared to actually overcome their embarrassment, step out and go off and do something. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you get to that overnight, but what I'm saying is, Let's just start by trying to listen. And let's, let's share stuff respectfully. Um, let's share stuff in a way that is non-dogmatic, that gives people room to say that's not from the Lord. Um, let's be prepared to make mistakes. Let's recognize we've got these other voices, the world, the, you know, the, the devil and the flesh, that we, we can hear things from too, and we're, we're trying to stop listening to those. Um, the best way is to use the filter of Scripture, because... Scripture is the, is the language of heaven, isn't it? It helps us to know. I read the Bible every day, lots. I just basically read it cover to cover over a few months and then start again. And I've done that for 25 years now. And the reason is that um, I just know it's going to help me to hear the Lord. It's, I don't read Scripture for its own sake. It's because it leads me to him, you know. Um, uh, but let's start to step out in those things and just see what God does. And let's just begin to be a bit bolder, you know. Um, so yeah, so that's been the journey that we've been on with, whether you call it the prophetic or not. One level, the prophetic, it's like an office in the Bible. You've got these prophets, you know, and it's also a gift. It's talked about as a gift. At one level, that may be helpful, it might not be, because we're not necessarily talking about that. We're just talking about, you know, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. You don't have to be some Elijah-type prophet. We're just everyday Christians, but part of the deal is, is that there is a prompting, there is a conviction, 
and we can learn to tune into it and listen to it more closely. And as we do, we'll find that he guides us more specifically. And he's given us the protection of Scripture so that we know that there are boundaries that we're not... You know, if if you sense that the Lord's telling you to leave your husband or wife, you're pretty confident that that wasn't the Lord because it goes outside of Scripture. You see what I mean? And he's given us the company of believers so that we don't have to decide on our own, but we can weigh it with other people that we trust. So, so often in our missional communities and our small groups, there'd have there'd be times where we'd share some of these things, and we'd say, "Can I just weigh this with you guys? I feel like God's been saying this, but I'm not sure. Can we just process it together?" And you know, you go around the learning circle together with it. What's God saying? What we're going to do about it? So, and it's actually not just what's God saying, is it? It's Kairos. It's how's God getting your attention, and then together you work out what's God saying, and then you then then you hold each other accountable that you're going to act it out. And I found that when people go on that journey of listening more closely, tuning in and actually choosing together that we're going to help each other to be obedient to that, often their spiritual lives just take off. It's like, wow, God talks to me. He wants to operate in my life supernaturally. Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. Well, I don't know what the Father's doing, but I'm learning to listen to him. So I'm learning to work out what he's doing more. And then just every so often, just occasionally, you get something like what happened with Joan. And it all makes it all worth it, doesn't it? So yeah, good. Well, I think we're going to do an exercise, aren't we?